Welcome to the Back Pocket, your wildly average podcast. Today is July 31st, and you know what's up. The boys from the Back Pocket are back, baby. How are we, Deck? Oh, uh, we are excellent. So um, today, folks, listeners, marketing interns, please pay attention. We have a full interview that will be that will consist of our entire podcast. So it's an hour long. So we just like ask you to uh, get comfortable, hunker down, grab some popcorn, yeah, and just gear up because we're this is probably one of our best interviews. You'll enjoy the ride. We interviewed my parents, Carol and John, and Sarah. Um, a few of the hot takes and qu- quick hitters that we had. Uh, we gave them some empty nester advice. We played a game with them. Yep. Um, I asked a question and. Um, Andrew's mom almost cried, so that was that was crazy. Out of love, out of love, yeah, very good, feel good story part of part of it. Not, I didn't, I wasn't bullying her by any means. I love mm-hmm. you, Carol. Um, what else do we have? Oh, they have some unbelievable uh, famous people they've met working in hotels, and so we get into that a little bit too. Uh, my parents told a story that embarrasses me quite a bit, but I enjoyed the ride. Yep, and uh, doing my duties as a podcaster, I set up my co-host uh, for utter failure when he goes home for holiday break and things he's going to have to do. So that was tough. So if there are any other parents out there listening, uh, we would more than welcome we more than welcome you to join our podcast because we're pretty efficient at interviewing parents now. Yeah, no. So we have our parenting uh, interviewing license now. So uh, officially certified, um, we're on the map. Um, if you want to uh, hit us up, hit us up. Um, and, uh, enjoy. We have a special guest, group of guests today, the second set of parents. I will be referring to them as mom and dad. Declan will be referring to them as Mr. and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. and Sarah, or Carol and John. Of course. Let's welcome Mr. and Mrs. and Sarah. How you guys doing? We're doing great. Yeah, happy to be here. That's right. Excellent. So, uh, you know, as we always start, or actually, we haven't done this with our guests in a while. We have something that we were going to do with all of our guests, mm-hmm. which was, um, or which is, uh, what does the back pocket mean to you? Right out of the right out of the gate. You want to go first, Carol? Sure. Um, back pocket means to me um, always good for a little chuckle. Okay. Okay. So you're talking about the podcast. Yeah, your okay. podcast. Okay. Okay. Is that or just just what does uh, like a back pocket? It's a con- it's a controversial uh, question we ask all our guests. Basically, depending on how you answer the podcast or your physical back pocket. Okay. Well, then physical we back there. pocket. Then physical back pocket is uh, always good for an emergency. Yes. Oh, of course. Uh, you should always have a back pocket. Ooh, okay. Whether you physically have one on you or not, you need to mentally have a back pocket. Ooh, I didn't think about that. That's a new that's a new take right there. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, that's back pocket. Well, I would say for me, I don't like anything in my back pocket. Oh, I don't carry a wallet in my back pocket. I think it's uh, appropriate to sit on, and and I do like to look at it. You know, if it's if, if it's shapely. Okay. <laughs> That's a good point. And uh, that is Mr. and Sarah from all our listeners. Yes. <laughs> all right, perfect. So moving on here. Um, you know, you guys have been married for how many years now? 27. 27. 27 uh, absolute blast, I'm sure. Um, 26 great years. 26 great years. 26 great years. 27, 27 years. Okay. Yes. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> so uh, through your 26 great years, uh, what has made your relationship average? 
Well, I'll take a take a stab at this. You know, um, <laughs> there is absolutely nothing wildly average about a marriage. Um, there's nothing more unique in terms of a relationship. Um, and uh, so I would be hard-pressed to call any part of our 27 years together, probably 29, because uh, I think we knew each other for a couple of years before we got married. Uh, we only dated for about a year, and we were only engaged for three months, mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. four months before we got married. Um, but and no, I wasn't pregnant. No. <laughs> oh, good answer. You can do all the math. Do all the math. <laughs> I'm our oldest son, Patrick. We are, we are numbers, guys. Yeah. Yep. But... Uh, so what makes what it was? I, I I knew this would be a question, and I was trying to think. There, there's really nothing average or wildly average about a marriage, uh, even when it's hard, uh, and you got to grind it out. Or, or even or, when it's easy, or it's when not it's average. Easy yep. And and when it's going really well. Um, well, I'll give you this. Okay. Um, <laughs> Coming the from back, their song. Yeah. Well, the back pocket. <laughs> how we are average. Um, we equal each other out in the long run. So we have many highs where we are performing at our best. Then we have many lows where we're like, oh crap, we didn't do that that well. And yeah. then, at, but at the end of the day, we know that they're balancing the act, and we become average. Yeah, so it's a, it's, gotcha. a plus, it's a it's a plus and a minus. So like, I'm good at math and engineering, and Andrew's good at reading and writing. And so you know, you combine us together, and we're like a superhuman. Yes. We'd probably be going to Cornell. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, thank you for uh, the attire today. Yeah, this, Reco- this, is our, this is our bad podcast. This is our bad podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. sorry. This is our bad podcasting segment where we, you know, we do our research on the podcast. We know yeah, you I went like to that. Cornell, yeah. and for some reason, Andrew and I both have Cornell long sleeve shirts. Yeah, so yeah. he wear. had this shirt. I think it was. <laughs> Freshman year, I first saw it. Yeah. I've had it for a while. Yeah, right? I've had yeah. it for a long time. And I saw him. I'm like, dude, I want to buy that shirt off you. And he goes, well, I'll do like an exchange of college shirts. And I was like, I don't want to give any of mine away. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I got to get myself my own one. And then he came home with one this week, this year, because Matthew went and visited Cornell. Okay. Like, Cha-ching. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Locked it in. Yeah, yeah, I think I found this in like the lost and found at a rec center. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Huge pickup. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the call out. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, honey, so anything wildly average about our uh, our relationship marriage that you could think of um well i like the uh i like the thought of um equaling each other out mm-hmm. because john and i definitely um she smells great and i don't <laughs> Ooh, okay she dresses well and and i don't <laughs> that's not true you do a good she job. has hair too she, it took yeah, no. it took us. <laughs> i have hair on the top of my head yeah. that's, right. that's right she's got a nice head of hair i don't uh, I've got hair all the, over the rest of my body. She doesn't. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, we're really uncovering. We're, we are jumping here. in right <laughs> we, with all. We, we are, are just are, jumping all in right away. We are diving. Um, in. No, we. You know, John is very um, spontaneous. Fly by the seat of his pants with an empty back pocket. And um, and I am a planner, and I like to know what's going on. I like to get the lay of the land. And, um, which can be boring sometimes, but John's way, sometimes you might not get as much done. So because we balance each other out and are wildly average then that way together, we, it's an, it's a nice team. Good job. (laughs) Way to pull it together. Yeah. Thanks for helping us out with that one. Yeah, that that was good. My pleasure. Um, so kick, trapping the puck and kicking to the next question, giving our listeners a little bit of a background about my parents, my dad is from uh, Park Ridge, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. And my mom is from Atlanta, Georgia, a, a suburb. I'm not exactly sure. Dunwoody. Dunwoody, Dunwoody, Dunwoody. Georgia, yes. suburb. Okay. Um, 
So distance before they met. Uh, so my next question to help our listener, I've heard the story, but our listeners haven't. I would like to ask, how did you guys meet? Yeah, I think we can probably tell the story together. <laughs> we, um, I graduated from school, and my first job out of uh, Cornell was... Um, when did you graduate, Ritz. by the way? Sorry. I graduated in 1987 uh, with a bachelor's degree from uh, the School of Hotel and Restaurant Administration from Cornell University. And my first job was um, at the Ritz-Carlton Direct Placement. I was the three-meal restaurant manager. Um, right out of school, and I so I went straight from Cornell down to Atlanta, and uh, my uh, lovely bride uh, was uh, was already working there. She you've been there for how long? Uh, I started. I worked uh, started there in 1986. Yeah, so so I graduated um, from University of Georgia in 1985. So I'm two years, um, well, three years older than John. Um, <laughs> four, four years, four years for like two months. Okay. John loves to tell people I'm four years older than he is, but I'm really not. He was robbing the cradle. Um, <laughs> cougar, just call me the cougar. Um, but anyway, so I worked at the front desk at the Ritz Carlton, and I worked at the Three Mill Restaurant. And uh, so breakfast time, a lot of people had to check out, but they always had breakfast before. And back then, uh, nothing was really electronic, so. Um, we had tickets that would get signatures and then you'd have to post those, um, so that the front desk could check it out. So you got the, the charge on the bill before the guest checked out. And, uh, there was always opportunities almost every morning where either we couldn't read the signature. So we didn't know it cause they forgot to put a room number down and we couldn't close it out. Or, uh, so I would have to go to the front desk to figure that out. Or the front desk would be calling over because somebody was trying to check out and their breakfast hadn't been posted yet. So almost every morning there was this interaction where I would walk across the lobby, uh, the Ritz-Carlton in Atlanta, beautiful hotel, um, and um, walk across the marble floor and come to the front desk. And there was Carol Goodhue, um, five foot two, could barely see above the front desk, but she was absolutely (laughs) adorable. And I made it a point of coming over there every morning with extra checks, even even when I did know the signature or did know the room number. I wanted to spend a little time with Carol, Carol Goodhue. Can, can, can you help me out here? Yeah. And, uh, and so we had this little interaction every morning uh, to figure out, you know, how to post these checks so the guests could check out. So that was the first time. That like was the, the first that's engagement how we met. that you guys that's, yeah. that's how we met and, and knew each other. So. I would like to kick the story back just a little further when the first time that my dad, John, was introduced to the staff and you were present was there a yeah, story like what, was your, what, what was your what was your first initial reaction of, of this dude he, him being introduced to the the company well john um for those of you that haven't met us john just said i'm five two and john is six two and um he Two had just finished his four years at cornell where he played football so he was very big and um and hairy no no <laughs> No neck, mm-hmm. and um, I, he was—he was definitely intimidating. You can tell by the sound of his voice. I mean, he's just—I thought my voice was very soothing. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a great radio voice. He does have a good and voice. a good face for radio too. <laughs> um, so my initial, uh, you know, thought was, "Wow, this guy—I'm I, I, steering clear. I, I, don't, I, I don't." And then when John says he walked across the lobby, it wasn't a walk; it was a full-blown. You know, barrel. I mean, just walk. There was was purpose. There was purpose. (laughs) And I would see him coming toward me and just, 
okay, what's he want? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it was a little intimidating. Um, I certainly never, it it was not love at first sight. (laughs) For her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Which which evolved. It evolved. It did evolve. That's all. Which sometimes I had to talk her. I had to talk her into. I still have to talk her into much, you know, including marrying me. But no, so we met, and then John asked me out, and I said, "No." Took me a year. Took me a year. He asked me out several times, actually, and I just could. I just, I just didn't see it. So she had a little nickname at the hotel. It was her nickname was Carol Goody Goodshoe. And everybody said, "Yeah, you're not going to get you're not going to get a date with her. You're not. You know, there's no way she no does chance. not. She doesn't date the employees. She doesn't, you know, date somebody as wildly average as you." <laughs> Good one. She looked and, like a uh, meat stick. So that yeah. <laughs> yes. So that was like just <laughs> that was exactly that was just another incentive, right? Another part of the grind. Or see if I could get a date with Carol Goody Goodshoe. <laughs> so that so this went on for several months, and then um, it was my birthday, and he gives me a card. Am I doing this in the right order? No, yeah, I that's think perfect. I, yeah. So um, he gives me a birthday card. And, we, were gonna, uh, we were going out of town, mm-hmm. and so I gave uh, one of our friends a card to give to you while I was out of town. While right. Out of town. So um, I'm at we're I'm on my vacation, and Christy shows up, our mutual friend, and gives me this card from John. And I open it up, and it's a lovely birthday card with a poem in it. And the poem says, uh, that John wrote, and it says, um, Carol, happy birthday, enjoy your celebration of life. I won't quit bugging you till I make you my wife. Ooh. And we hadn't even had a date yet. Yes. And I That's bold. So I... And just to back, a, a couple of days earlier, I had had my arm around her while I was... You know, we were working on something, and I put my arm around her, and her boss walked in, or Carol had been, her boss had been working with her and saying, hey, don't let men treat you like this, you know, because back then, this is in the mid-80s, you know, women did not necessarily get the respect that they get today or the respect that they deserved, and uh, her boss was another female who just said, hey, you've got to really stand up for yourself and don't let a male, you know, intimidate you and so forth, so when I put my arm around her, as we were working on something, she just like, whipped my arm off and said, don't you ever do that again. And I was taken back. <laughs> Team <know>. Carol. Right? <laughs> I think, I'm so I knew, I knew I made her mad. Mm-hmm. And so when, when I was in the, in the rest of the card, I had sort of apologized for that. But then at the bottom, I decided I was going to throw that little home in there, which was uh, a la my, my father, who was a, uh, your Nunu uh, grandfather was a great uh, poet in in in, uh, in, a, in a funny way, and so I figured I'd throw that little line in there about yeah. life and wife, just so she knew. <laughs> no. and I'll back off, but I do have something. <laughs> well, the no. and, well, and then, and so when I got back from vacation, we went out on our first date, which was to um, a Robert Cray concert, concert. Okay. August eighteenth, nineteen eighty eight, was our first date. Yep. Wow. And yeah. she, she lost her earring that that night. That night we went. <laughs> In, the, in my couch. <laughs> so we go to the concert. I, so it that didn't take her long. I lost my she earring and the strap to my shoe. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I have two choices here. I should either run and run like hell or stick around and see what happens next. Mm-hmm. And I stuck around. That and, thick neck wasn't too bad after <laughs> And the rest is history. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. That's a great And then we were married not two years later. That's right. Two years. Not less than two years. Less than two years later. Well, and then yeah. you guys 
you guys like traveled around like West Coast and didn't you go to Hawaii at some yeah, point? Yeah, we too? did. We did. So our, my, our jobs, um, <clears throat> we were with the Ritz Carlton Hotel Company and uh, they were expanding like crazy. I joined the company. There was only four. Carol joined. It was I think there was only three. Uh, I left seven years later. There were thirty um, hotels. So we helped with that expansion, and we moved right. from city to city to help with that expansion. So our our first move from Atlanta was to uh, San Francisco, and uh, she actually had gotten out of Ritz Carlton and went with another hotel brand. Uh, I think it was Hotel Nico, mm-hmm. um, and then in San Francisco decided that she was just going to do sort of a, an hourly job. Uh, but she was brought back into the Ritz because she was very good at what she did. She was in catering uh, at the time. I was in food and beverage. And um, so we worked together in San Francisco. Then I was transferred out to the big island of Hawaii. Um, and um, she stayed um, in catering. So she was out in, in Hawaii. Uh, we both worked they together They basically again. always wanted John. John kept getting promoted. And then I was, I was like... And I was a, an add-on. You're a little perk. It was a, a perk. Well, you're I not, was a perk. Well, I, I, like to think, I, I like to think of it as that I was getting promoted because they knew they were getting two for one. Right. It was she, a was, she was. She it was definitely a, a bonus. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she always softened me. I mean, you know, yeah. she, she had to report to me for a couple of years, and that was that was rough. That was rough. Talking about wildly average. That was a wildly average part of our relationship at work. You know, in a meeting. Where I'd have to, you know, lay into her for some knucklehead move that she made, and uh, wow. you know, and then I, she would have to lay into me for laying into her, and yep. you know, there was just some wildly average. Well, I had to sell it. Like I, I sold. Oh, okay. She sold the dream, and the, then I had to deliver the dream. Right. Oh. So Sometimes. I would sell these parties and events that were probably a little pushing the envelope on the beach or up the hill on the golf course or something. And it just required a lot of labor, a lot of, a lot of planning. And of course that all fell to him. And, um, yeah, I can just imagine it would just be like, Hey John, uh, trying to throw a really sweet banger at the hotel tonight. Yeah. They want to add, they want to add an emu pig, you know, roast. (laughs) You know, which is where you bury the pig under the ground. And, the pig roast, yeah. And, and I'd be talking. I'd be talking to our chef, um, Patrick Kalarek, who actually was one of the first Patricks that we knew. That our, our oldest son, uh, not necessarily named after him, but we liked his name. Named after. He, he, he would say. He would. He would say in his thick French accent. We don't eat. We had not even ordered no pig. You know, and I'm like, hey, you know, Carol, she's kind of throwing this in. You know, and I would have to take crap what for. What the heck is she doing? <laughs> yeah. she's crazy. So, so that is uh, probably a suggestion to all our listeners not to work with your uh, future yeah, spouse. Yeah, it's rough. It was rough. But we went from San Francisco to Hawaii uh, on the Big Island, then Hawaii, Maui. And uh, then back to San Francisco. Well, backtrack. Big milestone happened in Maui. What was Big. that? Big. Yeah, that huge. That was with Patrick, huge. our first born. That's where born. our first son was born. Maui boy. The Maui, Maui boy. Maui boy. Born in Maui. Yep. Shout out to our uh, live sibling sit-in, yeah. Patrick. Our producer, Patrick, who's watching the uh, the Open right now. It's Sunday, by the way. It yeah, is. Great to be here, guys. <laughs> Thank God. You know, I'm just really enjoying uh, this whole thing with my parents and love the back pocket. Shout out to the back pocket. Thanks for respect. Italians bleed family, and what better not than promote a family-run business? Ceriso Cupcakes is owned by Kimmy Hassel, my cousin who is also a St. Thomas graduate. She played softball here, two-time All-American, and also makes incredible cupcakes over at CerisoCupcakes.com. That's S-O-R-R-I-S-O Cupcakes.com. Well, anyways, moving on. So you had Patrick, Mm -hmm. and then... Um, so you went out of the workforce, correct? Yeah. 
And then, then I stopped working. Right. And then uh, I had one, just one question about that because I know mm-hmm. you got just recently got back into working mm-hmm. not too long ago, right? Uh, yeah. What? So what do you do now? Just Now I uh, work at high school. Okay. And uh, I'm called a testing coordinator, so I help uh, manage and... Uh, facilitate giving the standardized testing. Okay. ACT, all college S- testing. Yeah. Okay. ACT, SAT, um, AP. AP testing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so how was it, I guess, because my mom did the same thing, not with, like, going into, like, workforce right out of college and then having kids and then becoming a full-time mom and then going back again. She's mm-hmm. a sales rep at mywedding.com. That's a little ad read there. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah. And so, so she had to go from basically – Having workforce the kids back to work workforce. So what is that kind of like having to transition so many times in your life? And like, how are you viewed also in the workforce as like coming back from being a mom and having a actually like really good experience? So what? How do they evaluate you? Basically, I was curious. Well, I think it. Um, well, one of the things John and I talked about even before we got married was how we saw ourselves in the future. And having children and raising children, whether we wanted children, that kind of thing. And one of the things we agreed was that uh, if we could afford it, I would be a stay-at-home mom. And uh, living in Hawaii, uh, when Patrick was born, um, July 1993, um, it was very, very expensive to live in Hawaii. So um, we knew if we stayed, we were going to have to move to a smaller place. So we, we were both working then. And if I wanted to stay home, it was going to be very hard. So John got the opportunity to move to San Francisco, where um, the cost of living is still expensive, but you can make it a little more significantly less. Yes. At least. So I was able to stay home. Um, it wasn't um, hard because she she couldn't wait to stop working. Honestly, she did not <laughs> want to have a career, and it was a hard hotel. You know, life is is a is a hard life to it's live. It's a hard life to be a parent and right. and work mm-hmm. in the hotel business in the, in the position I had because right. it's you're basically. You, you, you have to work almost every day. Right. Um, so it's weird hours. It's a lot of night hours, whatever. So, um, but staying home, I, I mean, you're busy as a, as a, with, with kids. And uh, it, it always worked. I, I just never felt the need. I didn't, I never felt raising children was not enough for me. Right. And I'm uh, sure three boys. Three boys. A all, little bit of excess. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I loved it. Then going back into what I, the job I went into kind of was a natural transition from being a parent because my job, you have to be very organized. You work with students, um, you oh, work so with just teachers. Kind of yeah, so it, it was just an easy transition. Oh, it okay. wasn't like I had to go back to school and learn a new skill at like a paralegal or catch up on law. Sure. Um, so it, it really, it was a very easy transition and it was part-time and I didn't really start that job until Patrick, were you in high school? I think, or maybe it was his first year of college. And I was you, in high school. I think were, I was a sophomore in high school. You were school. a sophomore in high school. That's exactly um, what my mom started. Yeah. And then, so my job at the school has just evolved into, started out very seasonal, maybe one or two months out of the whole year. And now I work a little bit almost all year. So, oh, sweet. yeah, I think it's, and John was very supportive of it. And, um, and now with all the kids being gone this fall, I don't really give me a nice segue into something to yeah, so we'll we'll absolutely get after what you guys can do when uh, that'll come. A little that'll bit later. come. Yeah. Now you guys oh, are going to give us some ideas on how. Yeah, to so we do our research and saw you know 
Matt is your last child going to college, and we yep. said, no, we yeah, might we as can. well help him out here. It's kind of a tough time. We, we've been through this before. We're experts. We're, we're looking forward to some back pocket. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, that'll Definitely. come in the near future. So, John, I had a question for you. Actually, I guess this could go for you as well, Carol, um, with the restaurant industry and the hotel industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a few questions regarding that. Um, Two roses. Can you give me two roses and a thorn of the restaurant industry since you've been in it for so long? Yeah, I've been in the restaurant industry for 37 years. Um, part of it was in hotels, so the F&B restaurant side of hotels, and uh, more recently uh, just independent restaurants. F&B refers to food, food and, and beverage. Food and beverage. Food and beverage. Wow, yeah. Bill Acronym. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. And I know he's been in it for 30 years. <laughs> called F&B. Yeah. Um, but I would say two roses. Um and I get asked this question a lot. Sometimes it's asked in the form of uh, why do you do the restaurant business? Why are you in the restaurant business? Um, I think it's a really noble uh, career, a very noble industry. I don't think that our society looks at restaurants as being noble. Um, but if you think about it, uh, you are well-dressed, well-groomed, well-educated, and you extend your hand in service every day. And I don't, there's not very many professions that extend their hand in service uh, in, a, in a professional way uh, right. to, you know, to really help people. Um, and, um, and really the second part of it is um, that changes people's lives in a very simple, very small way. I believe the restaurant industry, um, a rose of the restaurant industry is we change people's lives. It might be 45 minutes at a bar and people are just, you know, trying to, you know, get away from, you know, a hectic day. It might be a two-hour dinner. Uh, might be just a little interaction, a little connection. Anytime you have human connection and you're extending your hand in service and you're taking care of somebody, uh, they feel better about themselves, especially if you do it well. Uh, they feel better about themselves. Um, and that could translate into them taking care of somebody else later on in the day and so forth. So slowly but surely, one guest interaction at a time, one employee engagement at a time, you yeah. get to change people's lives. And, and, and in the industry... Um, you can go from dishwasher to CEO, and there's very really? few industries that you can do that. It's all about experience. It's all about tenacity, perseverance, grit. Got to um, be a go-getter. A go-getter, and um, and we have people that um, have started as you know servers, bartenders, busboys, and now they're running companies, uh, running restaurants, and so forth. So I, I really do think that there's uh, it's a lot of nobility and um, and then this uh, ability to change people's lives. The thorn. That's uh, one rose. Those are two. Those, those are two, two roses. roses. Those okay. are two roses. Okay. To clarify, got it. Go. Two roses. Thanks for clarifying. Well, I'm just I'm clarifying for me. Right. <laughs> got it. She's a um, She's she's got the math skill in our family. <laughs> You're the reading. Yeah. You're the reading. Yeah. Writing. Writing. Yeah. writing guy. That's why I am. Right. Yeah. Be a superhuman. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thorn. Uh, the hours are horrific. Uh, Carol mentioned earlier. Uh, there's really no days off. Uh, weekends, um, you know, there's really not a start and an end to a weekend, uh, to a week in uh, in the restaurant business. Uh, so you are you're at it full time, and that that can be really uh, can be you know it's a drag, it's a it's a hardship. Okay. Um, and then just going off that, uh, I know, like you said, you're always extending the hand, um, service, and for the customer. And you know, I, there's always this great tagline like the customer's always right. Well, I want to know from a guy like you who's been in for 30 years, mm-hmm. has there ever been a time when the customer was wrong? Well, let me, let me just correct you there. The, the customer <laughs> is never wrong, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're always right. Ooh, I like this that. is getting yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, 
it is it is a hard lesson, and you have to. And, and I think the the most important thing is you have to really listen, genuinely connect, understand their. You don't know what kind of baggage they're bringing in that day, why they're getting upset, why they react one way or the other. You have to kind of put yourself in their shoes and just realize, hey, this could be you know you know uh, uh, just a bad day for them or whatever. Um, and so you just sort of appreciate their it, when you extend your hand in service and and you connect with somebody in a hospitable way. You just kind of have to have that compassion to understand, you know, what, uh, what they may be going through. And so, um, they are not always right, but they're never really wrong. It's because, you know, they're there, they're, they're the paying guest. Um, you try to teach, um, all of the staff to understand and appreciate that. And, uh, it, it, it can backfire on at times, you know, we, like I said earlier, I think it's a noble industry. I don't think society looks at it that way because yeah. a lot of times I think that they think we're servants, right? You know, oh, Hey, yeah. Garcon, Garcon, you know, mm-hmm. You know, bartenders, they get called, you know, Captain or Mac or Jack or whatever, you know, and, and, and so if you or can worse. kind of, or worse, and if you can turn that around and start using people's names and interacting and connecting with people yeah. in a genuine, uh, hospitable way, you can, that's another place that you can actually change, uh, that's what we work on a lot, changing okay. people's lives by, by, by taking that mm-hmm. approach. So and knowing uh, that as a customer, you can help instigate that by treat, like using their names as well. That's exactly right. It's contagious. Yes. How about, uh. Um, well, actually, what was it? I lost my question. What was it? Um, oh, so there's all these crazy rules in the restaurant industry, too, for service and, you know, this big nobility status. Uh, what's the worst rule? Worst rule in the restaurant business? Yeah. That, um, or maybe a rule that not a lot of people follow. It's like an unhidden one that, or a hidden one that not, not a lot of people know about that maybe isn't always followed at your, you know, Applebee's. I'll tell you what drives me crazy. When servers remove glasses from a table with their fingers. Ooh. That's wow. disgusting. Inside, inside the glass. With their fingers. It's so like they they'll grab it, four or five glasses out. at once oh. and put their fingers in three glasses and pick them all up from a table. Yeah. That's gross. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> That's is. Just, I feel bad for the waiter doing that. Yeah. Why are they doing that? Why are they touching For them, them and for, yes, it's disgusting. <laughs> yes. That's a good one. I, I learned that the hard way. Yeah. I, because I did that once, and I was corrected by Horst Schultze or something, the president of the Ritz-Carlton, when I did goodness. it. Mm-hmm. And I was oh just taking goodness. two wine glasses off their table, and it was easier. I had something in one hand, and I just... Yeah. Wow. And he was German. Absolutely. I got read the riot act. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I think <laughs> that's, that's a good answer. That was a great answer. Yeah, there you go. That one, that's You're exactly... You're going to notice that now, because everyone else. does it. Really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. And all our listeners, too. Let's mm-hmm. not forget, this is going to be <laughs> contagious... Uh, yeah, so we, we sort of approach that by saying a dirty glass is you have to be just as respectful to a dirty glass as you are when it's clean. Because when they bring it to the table when it's clean, you never put your fingers you know, inside the rim. You always put it down by the stem or whatever. But when you, you, you seem to think a dirty glass doesn't need to have that kind of respect. So, mm-hmm. Okay, so oh, so transitioning here a little bit. Yeah, so I think those are the restaurant yeah, industry questions. 100%. We got into that. We got into that. <laughs> we established that. We're going to kick it back to Carol over here. We have some questions regarding your... Uh, time in the South when you grew up there. Mm-hmm. Quick backstory: um, High school friend Marianne Hardaway, Hardeman. Hardeman. Yeah. She went to high school with Marianne Hardeman, who her son and her daughter are both, or they're all from Denver. And I went, me and my sister went to high school with their uh, son and daughter. 
And so, and like we're good family friends with them. It turns out that they're and here a, we are. Yeah, cla- they were classmates in high school. Small world, small small world. Let's make sure Marianne listens to this episode. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Since we, uh, well, we'll let her know. Get a little shout out to her. Yeah, Marianne and Hub miss you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, that's our uh, new segment called uh, Bad Interviewing. So, for all our, <laughs> yeah. you, everyone can relate, of course. You know, you can draw the connections there. I think we laid it out perfectly. Yeah. So, but, uh, let's talk about how different the South is. Um, we got from what? From the north? <laughs> from the rest of the world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, we had Coach Jones on, and he was in North Carolina, which you know isn't that southern, but he was in kind of like a country area, and they didn't know where Minnesota was. So yeah, now we're just asking, you know, yeah. how's the South? How's the South? Yeah. The South different? Yeah. Um, I would say, well, the South. Um, if you can go with like a two roses and a thorn kind of concept. Yeah, right, we're big two roses, two roses and a thorn and guys. A thorn. Yeah. All right. Um, ro- one, rose one, manners. Manners are uh, extremely important in the South. Yes, ma'am. They yes. call you, yeah, absolutely. And then yes, they call ma'am. you babe and stuff too. Yes, sir. Um, holding the door open um, for a lady, letting the lady go through a door first. So um, chival- chivalry is not dead in the South. No, no. not at all. Um, one of the, one of the things her, uh, her father taught me was make sure that when you're walking down the street, that the male should be on the outside closest to the street, the female should be on the inside. So he can get hit by the car. Right. Exactly. Splashed by the, yeah. splashed by the That's yep. exactly That's exactly it. right. And so now, as, and I'm very conscious of that, and I hopefully the boys are too, as we taught them, but, you know, not everybody thinks that. And right. when you walk right. up and down the streets in Chicago, there's nobody's even thinking about that. A bunch of bozos walking around on the, the inside. the South, I am. Yeah. My little time in the South, yeah. Uh, there you go. But, um, yes, chivalry is not dead in the South. Very, very important. Um... Let's see. Another rose would definitely be um, SEC football. Oh, strong! It's awesome. Georgia Bulldogs, go dogs! Um, Thorn. Um, I remember when um, Greg Amick was on. He's uh, spent some time in Savannah, and he mentioned the south, uh, the weather, which is the weather can be horrible. Okay. Um, but I would say my biggest thorn about the South would be um, ACC football. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, specifically, maybe... Clemson. 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 Georgia oh. Tech. Georgia Tech. Yeah. Georgia Tech. Let's get... Talk about it. Hey, I'll give you a big difference. In the South, the name Ed is a four-syllable name. In in the North, it's Ed. In the South, it's Ed. <laughs> <laughs> it is. We do tend to drag out words with extra syllables. It's the only time I've ever heard the word, was, the name Ed, as a four-syllable <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's not hey, it's hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> oh my goodness. So wait, did you have a southern accent before you, know, you got I never, rid of it in the hotel um, industry? I, I never really had a southern accent because my parents are not from the south. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I didn't grow up with one. When I go home, I'll find myself going back to saying y'all. or um, But I, I didn't have the real, never had the real thick southern. And okay. I've been gone now for... 25 years, 26 years. So. Of course. Hey, awesome. Here's our traditional uh, Lorch walk-in. Walking so, around the podcast. Everyone knows. Oh, Every day. Yeah. <laughs> Pure bliss. Austin Lorch never fails to, uh, you know, Is he an intro or producer? Um, um, he's just a reoccurring guest that okay. usually causes some bad audio quality. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's also our uh, photographer that yes, we never give are. credit Let's for. Let's you guys keep going with it. Yeah. Love yeah. it. That's awesome. Um, Thank you, Lorch.
boy, is it hot out here in the summer. I am sweating my arse off. What would be better to quench my thirst than some strawberry lemonade? Oh, wait, we already have that opportunity. Let me tell you, folks, uh, I absolutely love these cupcakes. They are strawberry lemonade-filled cupcakes. Unbelievable opportunity. Go ahead and go all over to www.cerisocupcakes.com and order some strawberry lemonade-filled cupcakes absolutely great. I tried them myself. I just love them. I care about them. Um, Again, go to sorisocupcakes.com. That is S-O-R-R-I-S-O cupcakes.com. So we touched on two rows in the thorn of the south. Um, We're average podcasters. We asked how your marriage was average. We describe how we're average all the time. Is there anything wildly average about the South? Wildly average about the South? Um, well, I would say their politics um, okay. is a little, it, it, for me, <clears throat> um, a little conservative. Okay. Um, I consider that wildly average. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, wildly average. It's pretty uh, good. Th- th- yeah. That answers the question perfectly. Yeah. Um, okay, so we do this with all our parent uh, parent guests. Okay. Um, what is uh, one thing that you love or love and dislike about each other? Ooh, this could put you under the bus, but uh, but yeah, yeah, You're smart. Well, I've spent a lot of time under the bus, so um, <laughs> you know the tire tracks are fresh, because but I'll me? let you go first. <laughs> because of me, I don't throw you under the bus, do I? No, no, no. Goodness. No. I- you can't. Solid. Life does. Just life. Just life, life in general. Okay. All, right. All right. You go first. All right. Um, <laughs> what, do you, what do you love about me, honey? What do, what do I love about you? Oh, this is easy. Uh, my The thing I love the most about you, and I might cry because, is that really John loves me every single day. Even on my worst day, which there are many. That's great. Um, but I know he loves me every day. Thank you, honey. Okay, now what do you what do you hate about him? Just <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> no. um, really, and this is not hate because I think hate's a strong. Yeah, one, we say dislike. I, I, I get hate it. Guys. Um, but one of the things that is more annoying than others is um, John likes to sing very loud and very proud in church. Yes, and it's. <laughs> And he, luckily, he has, has a deep, powerful he voice. He has a very good voice. It comes voice. from the toes, from the belly. It, it I does. only know how to go full voice. It yeah. goes all <laughs> if the I way sing up. softer, I don't know if I could sing. Yeah. I can sing. There's full no voice. cruise button for yeah. Jonathan. No, and yeah. he he sings loud and sings proud. Mm. And uh, we've talked about this a lot because um, it makes her uncomfortable. And and I'll tell you why. <laughs> it made the kids uncomfortable too. After but they got used to it. Yeah, it's we not that I get embarrassed because he's singing loud. It's yeah. I. I like church to be, it's very calming, and it's a very personal thing for me. Mm -hmm. So when John is singing in full voice, it's invading that that personal experience for me. And so John said maybe we shouldn't sit together in church, which is kind of a bummer, (laughs) but... Um, so Throw I, in the front row. I do like, go to church, I do go to church a lot by myself. Well, here's, here's, a, here's a quick fix. Um, Please. From my experience, you know, big time church guy. Uh, why don't you just have uh, John join the choir? Ooh, well, yeah. believe me, every single senior citizen when we're leaving church says, 
Honey, you should join the choir. Your voice is so beautiful. I you like do. to sing in the congregation. I'm, I'm a big congregation. <laughs> so guy. you, like you're, you're yeah. So you lead the congregation, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's got to be somebody out there. You're the big responsible yeah. Yeah. guy. I got you. And sometimes we would, we would join them, and then it'd be a little chorus of us deep, <laughs> deep. Yeah. What's the lowest baritone? The bar, yeah, baritone. Yeah, just a bunch yeah. of baritones. Not to be confused with yeah. Barrington, but baritone. Baritone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got you. Oh, yeah, so yeah, so those are my those are my things. Okay, pops. Okay, good job, Carol. No surprises. <laughs> can you equalize? Uh, yeah, I can, I, can, I can probably balance that. So what I love about um, my wife, about Carol, and um, she has the best smile. She has a smile that is so engaging. It's so natural. It's warm. Um, it's reassuring, um, and it's constant. Like she, people can can connect with her so easily because. She's just got this great smile, um, and um, I think, you know, to this day, the first time I'm telling you, when I walked across the lobby at the Ritz-Carlton, this bowl in a china shop, Mm -hmm. uh, I saw this just absolutely adorable, beautiful face with this perfect smile, and uh, I was like, how does somebody smile that naturally, that easily, uh, that warmly every single day? So that's what I love about you, honey. And, uh, you know, there's, there's very little that I... I would say. Are you kidding? I would the say. List is I would say my top of the list is she does not know how to give a high five. Oh. <laughs> and I go up here all the time yeah. to give her a high five, and then I got to go like this. <laughs> she does not, and you know we get all pumped up yeah. for that big high five, and I do high fives with all my boys who are, yep. and go to get one from her, and it's just down here, and it's a little slap low kind of you know slide. slide. That's why we've learned that you just put your hand down and she just gently slides it right across yeah. your hand. But I forget that. And I always go in for the high five and then I have to do this little thing. And it's, yeah. <laughs> um, a little life hack for you, Carol. Yeah. Um, look at the elbow. You'll never miss. Look at the elbow. All right. Yeah. Look at the elbow. Just go. look at the elbow and you'll never miss. The back pocket, guys. Full yeah. of advice. I like it. Help, helping us out. Yeah, Always doing great. That. Wish we would have met you guys earlier. Wish <laughs> we would have done this earlier. It's all good. <laughs> We come at good times. Plenty of time. Um, So another question, uh, you know, being parents, uh, Carol, this might be a little more for you. Um, Tell us, and we did this with the Amix when we had them on also, was uh, tell us a story um, that would basically, or scare our listeners into uh, avoiding college teen pregnancy, or college pregnancy, I should say. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Well, there's a lot of stories. Overall, parenting is a wonderful experience, but not for college students. Sure, sure. Um, but since, Andrew, you're one of our hosts tonight, today, um, I'll kind of direct this toward you. But poor little Andrew was... <laughs> Andrew was a barfer. Ooh. As a baby. Couldn't hold it. He just... Weak he, stomach. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he was just a barfer. So our general routine was um, when he was in the high chair, we'd feed him and leave him there till he barfed because he always did. <laughs> so we just, he'd eat and then we'd, I'd do my thing, clean up the kitchen until he barfed and I'd clean that up and then he'd go on his merry way. But routine <laughs> play, right? Routine, baby. That was it. That was it. I mean, Occasion- that was, Occasionally we got it at a restaurant. Okay. Oh yeah. Polenta fries. Polenta fries. Polenta yeah. fries at dad's restaurant one night. That was disgusting. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of barf involved in raising kids and some more than others <laughs> that is awesome so do you go have like does he just always wrap in a spit up bib 
pretty like, much. Yeah. You know. And keep, keep him in the high chair. That yeah. was the key. Yeah, just, keep him in the high chair. Yeah, and then you never had to worry about yeah. it. We just, just let it go right there, caught it all, wiped it up, and wow. moved on. Yeah. So is there a time where you found this out uh, in a bad way and he threw up all over you then? So, um, oh. Yeah, he's definitely. Yeah. Oh, wait. Who, Thanksgiving. Who was the. Yeah. Ground Zero. Ground oh, Zero. No. Poor Andrew. We went. Run we go to. We go to Birmingham, Alabama, every year for Thanksgiving, okay. and uh, we drove down there. And my mom had had flown to it, uh, Chicago to drive with me because okay. John was flying down there. I had still had to work. We got halfway out of town, and not even. I mean, we were like thirty minutes out of town, and Andrew barfed in the car. So we turned around. And it wasn't like a food barf. It no, was, it was sick. a sick barf. So yeah. we turned around. We went back home, cleaned everything up, started out again. Made it, and then I got sick. Then mom got sick. Then my mom got sick. Then John got there, and he got sick. And literally, Andrew was ground zero. Every cousin, every uncle, every aunt got sick. No exaggeration. Yeah, we we are not exaggerating. There must have been ten of us. Thanksgiving from hell. And then, um, as the night, the day we were leaving, I think everyone was finally starting to get better. And you are holding Andrew. And he barfs again. Oh, he got oh. it again. And oh, barfed time. all two times. So it came dies. back around. Two times. Two times. <laughs> uh, it came back around. And then we got home, and you gave it to, I was babysitting Mary Grace. You gave it to Mary Grace and Uncle David. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was gross. Yeah. So you have a good one. Got a story? Yeah, for those, uh, those college uh, students out there, <laughs> here's a good one. Uh, <laughs> Andrew's younger brother, Andrew and Patrick's younger brother, Matthew, when he was Here a baby, um, you know, we would be doing, we had a little schedule. He was a routine. newborn. He, he was, was a brand newborn. Yeah. Um, and we had a little schedule on the feedings, and I always had the late night feeding. That way, Carol could, um, she would do like the 10 o'clock, and then I would do the midnight, and that way she could sleep from like 10 o'clock until 2 o'clock, four hours straight, because, you know, I'd get up and do that, that midnight feeding. So, um, I don't know why I had to go downstairs or something, but I was carrying them through um, our house and it was dark and I was holding him up, um, on my shoulder and I went to step up on this little step that I knew was there to get into the kitchen and I accident, I missed a step and I stepped into a, a, a plastic bucket of Legos. Um, and, uh, so I was in my underwear and as I, and, and as I, as I, uh, as I stepped in there, um, it scared me. I fell straight back and I landed on my, um, my uh, my ass landed right on the the edge of that plastic container, uh, and I had literally a, a, a two three inch gash in my uh, on your butt. Yeah, we'll just keep it there, right there, right in the butt crack. But he didn't drop Matthew. That but was I didn't drop Matthew. Let's hold him tight. As I fell, I tight. The fire yeah. scary. Yeah, it's but I, you know, I remember for two two weeks, I could feel that that uh, that cut down there, that uh, that <laughs> very uncomfortable place. Oh, uh, stood was, up when you were in the treat. office all week. Everyone was like, "Why is that's he standing on exactly yeah. his computer?" Yeah, exactly you got a little right. butt pad probably in the car when you're driving. <laughs> no, so there there can be bodily injury yeah. With, yeah. with babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Comes that's crazy. Probably why Matt's so smart. But let's give shout out to Matt. Yeah. Match. Could have gone south. Life of magic. Right there. Right there. We, we could have landed on his head. Yeah. So, <laughs> speaking of uh, your three sons, so um, I, I want to play this game with you guys where uh, I just give you attributes, qualities of all your sons. Okay. And I've done research on all of them. Okay. Because um, we do our research. Because we do our research here at the back pocket. Yep. Um, and so I'm going to just give you a quality and you're going to give me the name of. 
who you think who it, think who, it who, is. Who right. with, okay? okay, so let's <laughs> let's get this going. Um, fastest to be potty trained. Patrick. Bingo. By, by a, that was quick. By a long shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, hardest to raise as an infant. You probably know the answer to this one after that story. Oh, Andy. Hundred percent bar. I, I I agree. Um, Wait, you got it. You, well, you don't have to agree with uh, me. Uh, yeah, listen, it's it's good. You're good. You're, this you're is rapid fire. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, rapid. Right. Um, uh, which knucklehead kept you up at night the most? This is probably a good one for you since you were up. You had the midnight shift. Yeah, they all slept pretty well. This one took the long. Andrew took the longest to sleep through the night. Yeah, he he, he had a hard time getting to sleep, and um, so. I would have to lay down with him and, you know, wait till he would fall asleep. And if he wasn't fully asleep and I tried to get out, he, you know, would wake up and grab me. Okay. Um, so probably, yeah, probably Andrew was the most maintenance at night. Okay, here's a, con- here's a controversial one. Um, best undisputed athlete of the family? I think it's hands down Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. Natural athlete is Patrick. Oh, so, so that was a trick question. None of them are actual athletes. Oh, come on, I think they're all athletes. They're all. They're I'm all just kidding. Outstanding I, I, athletes all around. Andy had, Andy's got the most tenacity, um, guts, and work ethic. Uh, work ethic. And Matthew probably has the uh, the most poised balanced approach to athleticism, okay. but the, the the most natural athlete would be Patrick. Okay. Um, well, just shout out Patrick right here. Smiling over here. Love mm-hmm. him. <laughs> um, so I'll, here's a few qualities of someone you may not, this might apply to two or three, you never know, okay. or all of them, but this one's a little trick question here. So he, uh, this person has hair problems and is slippery when wet. Always getting in the water. Bon Jovi reference, by the way. Yeah, that's gotta be bad. Uh, yeah, Matthew. Swimming? No, you, not you no can also I would say Patrick. You can I also argue the mane with the with the blonde hair. The blonde, I've, I've seen the mane. it's all I think three this... of them have hair issues. <laughs> You're asking me. All three of them have hair issues. Oh no! Well, we Andrew actually is has great hair. Um, He's as, got great as hair. As a co-host, I'm a positive reinforcement guy. Yeah, kids got hair. So, Thank you. as far as we're concerned, it's yeah. As far as we're concerned, this one only the hair issues really only applies to uh, Matt and Patrick. So. <laughs> As simple as that. Because I, I just remember seeing videos of Matt's hair when for his senior swim yeah, uh, bad. state. I, oh, yeah. bad. bad visual. Yeah. Can't, bad visual. can't be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we'll finish off with a couple here. Um, throws best spiral. Who's that? Oh, God, I couldn't even Patrick. tell you. Patrick. Okay, best natural athlete. There yeah. you go. Uh, we, we touched on this earlier. I think it was a Father's Day yeah. podcast, but I have a terrible spiral. And during, likewise. Likewise. During, likewise. During warm-ups, have you no been, one wants to throw play catch with me. Have you ever seen Matthew sense. throw a football? I don't think I've ever seen Matthew actually throw a football. He's got a little awkward to his form. It's a little awkward. He gets it there. Well, yeah. I think that's more like you're as a father, you're doing your due diligence to teach your kids how to throw a spiral like you, which is not well. Yeah, they, learned how to play, <laughs> they learned how to play golf, yeah. so they had to look at my horrible swing. I, I, I feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. Throwing um, a baseball, I was never a pitcher. You know, um, I was more of a catcher and a hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, throwing a football, I was a receiver and a defensive guy, so I was never, you know. My other two brothers were great quarterbacks, and they, mm-hmm. you know, but I had to teach my boys. So, that, you know, Patrick was able to overcome the golf swing. Over, he was able to overcome the spiral, and uh, that's because he's a, he's a good natural athlete. That's yep. great. Well, that, um, here's another one. Uh, best with the ladies out of the three. 
Oh, I have no idea. I can vouch I don't even want for to one know. of them at least. Yeah, Matt. I think Matt's got best best game of the ladies. So. <laughs> really? Wow! <laughs> Thanks, Declan. I'm I'm, I'm going to keep that one in my back pocket for sure. <laughs> Perfect. Love to hear that plug. Thank you. And then, uh, oh, who's going to take care of you when you're old? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's what I want. <laughs> Both of them just the same reaction. <laughs> Well, since we have all boys, I'm just begging and praying that they marry girls that will be willing to take care of us a little bit in our old Because you know, maybe not. I know that they all three of them will love us and do their best to take care of us and check on us, but please marry women that, um, that will encourage you to take care of us. <laughs> You know, I, just like just like just like just like Patrick is the most natural athlete, I would say that Andrew is the most naturally selfless. Okay, um, he has like a little that. bit uh, of that sensitive, um, um, uh, caring, um, and that they're all going to grow into that. And I and I've even seen Patrick get get you know more and more selfless as he gets older. Uh, but he was a little bit selfish as a as a kid. Sure. He, Matthew's not necessarily selfish, and he's very caring, and he and Carol's ha- have had a great relationship because he's always had to tag along, and they, you know, um, but it's be, life be a part of sense and life imagine. But he is it is sort of life imagine. It is a little bit more casual, and it's a little bit more, you know, sort of about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say, you know, if we were to guess at this point, I think they'll all three be very good to us. Okay. But I'd say that Andrew has the uh, that's great, you know, the most natural selflessness. Okay, and, that's uh, awesome. Looking Thank out for us in the future. That. Thank you. Now the pressure's on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you got to really step up. Rise the occasion. Not be average in that sense. Don't be average in that. Yes. Andrew, I just have one dying question. What the hell is a Ceriso? I have no idea, but it kind of sounds Italian. Speaking of Italians, isn't Kimmy Hassel uh, a cell phone Ceriso cupcake store owner? She is, in fact. And she is Italian. You're kidding. You know what she does great? Filling cupcakes with crazy ingredients and makes those cupcakes taste amazing. Really? I just heard online that she had a brand new strawberry lemonade filled cupcake. Wow! That's perfect time, too. It's summertime. Yeah, that could really quench my thirst. So head on over to CerizoCupcakes.com. That is S-O-R-R-I-S-O, Cupcakes.com. All right, so we talked about this earlier. We're going to give you guys advice because you are future empty nesters. Matthew will be going to Wisconsin-Stevens Point Unfortunately, by the way, unfortunately, bad choice. I should have been the Tommy. Should have been a Tommy. Old yeah. times. Old yeah. times. Okay. <laughs> um, but he's got to spread his wings. He's a peacock. Let him he's fly. He's a peacock. Yep. <laughs> um, but you'll be an empty nester. So we did this with the Amix because they are becoming empty nesters as well. Um, but we've gathered some more research because as on the back pocket, we do our research here. Mm-hmm. So we're going to list off some advice and you can let us know if you agree, disagree, um, or if you're in- intrigued with our advice. Okay. Okay. Sure. Form. Uh, okay. So let me, I'll go ahead and start. Um, I think you guys should start road tripping. Um, maybe follow your old, um, you know, people always do revival tours. Um, I'm sure Springsteen's got one coming up. Uh, you know, a lot of different people that you guys probably liked. Artist, as artist-wise, I'm not sure what you guys liked, but maybe uh, go road trip and be groupies for, you know, like those it. guys. Richard, Richard Thompson. Thompson. Yep, yep, there you go. Robert Gray. Yeah. Oh, we, we just go road trip all around time. the country. Yes. I know you're a big you driver too. You too. Yeah, we, we like to drive. Bono. Yep. Um, 
So my next advice, we gave this to the Amex, and I feel like it'd be good advice. Uh, adopt a child. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, maybe start a podcast. Interesting. You got a great radio voice. You can got a talk, great face uh, for radio. Yeah. Um, maybe get a little bit into the restaurant industry. Talk a little bit, a little bit about uh, how it's done in like the it. restaurant business. I like it. Uh, I got a name for it. Matthew already came up with a good name for a podcast. Okay. Oh, we'll cut that. Kind by the way, so no one knows. Uh, yeah, cut that, that out. We'll, Isn't we'll that a good one? And we got it because. Um, Who's the chef that was with Tyler us? Florence. Tyler Florence has a podcast called Wolf It Down. Uh, Tyler Florence Wolf is a chef down. on the Food Network. Okay. Um, he's very well known if you're in the industry. And um, Matthew, I was telling Matthew about it. And then the next day he said, what was that podcast again of Tyler Florence? And I went, oh my God, that's perfect. He didn't even realize he was coming up with it. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Like, so what a way with it. words, that kid. Oh man. Isn't he crazy? What a good guy. Um... Oh, here you go. Uh, do you want me to say this one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, start a food truck, food truck company. Oh, uh, love that. Love that. Yep. I'm all over that. Yeah. I've got, I've, got I've got a whole business plan. Really? On a food truck. Yeah, actually, yeah. Taking advantage of the food truck industry. Around wherever the busiest. Yeah, we'll no also have to cut idea. this so no one yeah. takes it. Yeah, okay. like, that is, Good advice. That's unbelievable. I like that. Oh. Um, my advice would be move to Stevens Point and live next to Match. Ooh. Make sure he's okay. No. Yeah, it could happen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where is was Stevens Point, by the way? Smack right, in the middle of the state. Right in the middle of Wisconsin. Okay, so how far of a drive it's is It's an that? hour and a half north of Madison, so it's about three and a half from Chicago. Oh, okay. So he's pretty close to home then. Yeah. Oh, so everyone's pretty much up here in the Midwest. Right. Yeah. Pretty yeah. well connected. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Um, so is that it? That's all I got. Okay, sweet. So that was our advice. Thank you. Um, yeah. some good stuff here. You got any plans? Anything in specific that you're, where your head's at or you're staying, staying on the path? <sighs> we're, we're thinking about a second home. We talked about it in, Carol's, in Colorado. Can you Carol, Carol's had the idea of maybe a gentleman's farm. Uh, if you look that up, it's basically um, a farm that you're, it's not necessarily a working farm. Uh, big gardens um, and uh, maybe somebody Chickens, helps you. You hire easy, somebody to help with all of that. Stuff. Uh, but it would be a place that you could go to. Um, I, you know what? I'm not a big water guy, so I don't need to be by a lake or by an ocean. Um, and mm. that could be really cool. Uh, maybe a couple hours north of Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, I had a question, by the way. Yeah. Um, treading water. Who is the best at treading water in this family? Because I know Matthew. Matthew. Okay. Matthew treads down. water. Um, I know Andrew hates treading water. Patrick can tread um, water for a long time. Patrick's day. probably naturally buoyant. He's got water um, survival skills. So where where are you at the treading water? I know you don't like. You know, water. I just I just started swimming. Oh. Okay. Um, because I have a bad knee and I can't run anymore. CrossFit's kind of out, so swimming is my thing and. Uh, I'm going to be good at treading. I'm not very good right now, but okay. uh, after three months of swimming, I think I'm getting uh, my lungs and my strength in that realm, and I think that uh, I could be, in the future, a good treader. Well, you're going to be, I mean, you're going to be like a torpedo in that water with no hair. I mean, you're going to be, it's like... He doesn't need to wear a cap. It's the best cap right there. Exactly. <laughs> swimming cap right there. Beautiful. Perfect. All right, so um, we should we have the advice for... Oh, us? Yeah. yeah. We didn't put this in the pre-questions, but do you, we did this with the Amex. Do you guys have advice for us? Or our listeners in that regard. Yeah. Miss Carol's always got advice. I do. I always have advice. Um, 
You could tell them all the stuff as you're listening to their podcasts, all the stuff that you say out loud <laughs> if you wish that they would do. Well, first of oh, all, there you I, go. I, do you I write these give, down, by the way? Do since I have the mic here, I want to give Dr. Sullivan a huge shout out for correcting your English. During the she podcast, wanted to correct, she wanted to correct it earlier. I was I listening when I listened to it. I went, "Yeah, Doctor Sullivan, thank you." I just uh, don't like saying AI and I. Just doesn't sound right, you know. As a podcaster and guy oh who knows gosh. how things hey, sound, good it's, comeback. It's, yeah. Yeah, that's a good justification. Simple awesome. as that. That's good. Um, yeah, start Andrew. My, my advice would be: uh, don't give this type of stuff up. This doing this is part of your education. It's part of life's education. Um, and I think you guys have learned a lot just by doing something together and having the grit and the perseverance to do that. And, um, you know, it is entertaining um, and you're learning. Um, so when you have like a little passion, grit is basically passion plus perseverance. That's okay. grit. And Ooh, grit is nice. a huge part of life, especially in the business world. But it really applies to just about anything in life. And you guys are showing you have a passion for this. You're persevering it. You're continuing it. Um, when it doesn't go well, you learn. When it goes really well, you learn. And I, I, my advice would be to continue doing stuff like this and following these types of small little dreams. It'll add up and uh, awesome. pay off. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, so we'll wrap up. We're Thank you, by the way. Running a little long, but we've enjoyed every second of this interview. But yeah. we still have two remaining questions. Okay. We ask all our guests these questions. I'm sure you guys okay. know. Yes. So famous person that you have met, interacted with. I have one that I hope and you're, you're going to share. Dad. And then... Um, what did you learn today from the time you've woken up to, uh, to yeah. right now? Okay. Want to go first? And um, well, let me just put a little pressure on you with the what did you learn. Um, okay. Our last two guests have, or Coach Jones, I Coach guess. Coach Jones, yeah, yeah. Coach Jones has raised the bar. Raised the bar. So okay. I didn't listen to his yet. Yeah, he, uh, he was knowledgeable. The time, but it's from when you got up this morning to. Yeah. yeah. You can, you can, you can, you can fib with it a little bit. bit. I mean, yeah. no one's really going to call you out for it. Okay. Especially if it's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, f- most famous person I've ever met? Yes, yes. Um, Well, I, I have two, and it's, should I tell you both, and then you can decide when you're doing your thing? Sure, give us both. Give us give both, both, yes. Okay. So, the first most famous person I ever met was Michael Jackson, and it was when I worked at the Ritz-Carlton, and I was the front desk manager that night. I was called the manager on duty for the hotel that night, and um, I, I get a call from the airport um, that was directed to the manager on duty, and it's this guy whose name I knew um, that it's the man, Michael Jackson's manager. And he says, um, I'm at the airport, we're, we're laid over here unexpectedly, and we need a room. And I said, okay, I'll send the driver to come and get you. And, of course, I thought it was all BS, and I thought it was going to be a to- total you know, BS run, hoax. it was going to be yeah. a hoax. Yeah. But I sent the driver out anyway, and that was before cell phones. So you're just trusting hope he comes back. I just yeah. So I sent him out there and were you working then? I don't know if you were yeah. at the hotel that night. I wasn't at night, yeah. Um so I I, I sent the driver out there and um I kind of tried to time it so I knew when he was gonna come back in and I s- waited out there and he pulled the car back around and he looks at me like, you know, I got him in the back seat. So we were we were really really full that night. Well, actually, just one question: White or black, Michael Jackson? Well, he was in transition. I'll Ooh, tell you that. Okay. So I um so I, I had I much. we were really full that I think night. It was before Thriller. Right? No, no, it was after Thriller. Okay. It was after Thriller because anyway. So he um 
So, so I, we tried to clear the lobby a little bit so we could get him right. They're holding the elevator. He gets off. We get on the elevator together, and he's not very tall. He, I mean, he's very small, and his hands are huge, and they were really um, dry and kind of white, you know, like, but anyway, um, so he get, and he's wearing a mask, and, uh, but it was him, and we had all these Japanese tourists in the, in the lobby that were, oh, Michael Jackson, taking pictures, no. so I get him on the elevator, and um, I introduce myself, and, and take him to his room, and he goes in, well, two seconds later, I get downstairs, phone rings. And it's his room, and, you know, can I speak to Carol? And I pick up the phone, yes, Mr. Jackson. He said, you know, in his high-pitched voice, and oh I was you know, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and he says, Carol, I need some dance floor. Because we had portable dance floor. He wanted dance floor in his room so he could practice. And then we, you know, when we knew ahead of time that he was coming, we always changed the air filters in his room. I mean, he had mm-hmm. some very specific things. So he knew the engineer already. So, you know, we did all those things. And then he called down a couple more times and asked for specific things. And, and, um, and yeah. And you were on call the whole And I was on call. Yeah, yeah. And he would call me Carol. Carol, And uh, we ended up getting two tickets to his concert. Um, a month later, he came in town and gave us two tickets. Yeah, so that was cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. But what? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah, kind of. Um, I'm sick. <laughs> it, was, it was. Yeah, that was kind of cool. I mean, we met a lot of famous people in the hotel, John. Yeah, not, not to brag. We. Sure. I mean, we were lucky. We mm-hmm. were. Beca- I mean, they didn't know us so much, but. And then the other famous person I met was um, the we we moved to Hawaii to the Big Island of Hawaii at Christmas, and um, it was like two days or three days before Christmas, and um, so we were living in the hotel, and we had this big New Year's Eve party. And we were both working because we're in food and beverage. And I'm coming down the hall by the ballroom. And you were there because you yep. saw the whole thing. Yep. So I was coming around the corner, and here comes O.J. Simpson coming toward me with, uh, who it's was better. the short guy? Champagne Joe. Yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe Violi. Yeah. Joe, Joe Violi. Yeah. And, um, and, and O.J. Simpson is huge. Mm. I'm talking huge. And he has had a little bit to drink, and he comes up to me, picks me up, and swings me around. And I, I mean, like, he could have literally squeezed my guts out. He's so huge. Yeah, I mean, huge. his hands, he's hes huge, huge. And luckily, John was there, and Joe, you know. He wasn't going to mess with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was not going to mess Not with this me. meat stick. And I'm, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> Cornell, baby. <laughs> But yeah, he was a little flirty, and um, no of course way. that was before you know Any everything hit the fan. Sure. Um, he was there with his wife, and um, yeah, Nicole Brown Simpson. Nicole Brown Simpson. Yeah. yeah, she was. She wasn't there when I saw him, but she was there on oh, vacation. Okay. But yeah. No way. Um, so yeah, he was all honey, and mm-hmm. I, yeah, it yeah. was weird. He was arrogant. He was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah. No, yeah. we're keeping both of those. By the way, yeah. Sorry. you're not going to have those. Okay. You got anybody? Yeah, just similar to uh, similar to Carol. You know, being at the Ritz Carlton, we had a lot of different um, visitors, um, and um, probably probably the one that I would say stood out for me the most, uh, and maybe even changed my life a little bit, was um, uh, one morning for breakfast. Um, these guys showed up. Uh, was working the door. We have a dress code at the Ritz Carlton. Uh, they had ripped jeans. Um, they had holes in, you know, their clothes and wearing these big, you know, obtrusive hats. And I was like, Hey guys, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't seat you in the, uh, in the dining room. And they had these beautiful accents, um, uh, English, English accents. accents. And, uh, I had no cl- cl- clue who they were, but it turned out to be you too. 
Um, and uh, it was the Edge, and uh, he was wearing this big, like sombrero, thick hat. Um, and who's the uh, who's the drummer? Um, I called him Sunshine. He had Rip James and so forth. And I say, hey, can't see you, but I can take care of you right here in the bar, and uh, you know we'll we'll take real good care of you and so forth. And they were super accommodating, um, and uh, had a great breakfast. And um, they're like, hey, you know, I'm not sure you know who we are, but uh, we're going to be playing at the Omni, and uh, we want to give you a couple tickets. Um, and uh, and then I look up, and there's Bono. Uh, you knew who he, he was, yeah, because yeah. he wasn't with them. It was it yeah. was his. It was oh, it was, it was, like, was. It, was it, it was the Edge, the drummer, and a couple of the roadies. Okay, um, and then he shows up, and uh, so the next mo- so I go to the concert that night. The next morning they show up for breakfast again. They say, hey, can we just sit here again? Uh, take care of him the second night. Give me two more tickets. I go see him back to back two nights in a row. What? And on the third morning, uh, they don't come in for breakfast, but Bono's over by the concierge stand, and I'm at the host stand of the restaurant. He, across the lobby, he puts up the shaka, you know, Hawaiian shaka, and he's just like, Hey, John, hang on to your dreams. <laughs> and I got, I, so I got that, you know, 15 minutes of fame no and, and, and interaction with Bono. Uh, and, you know, so I was cool. like, hey, I'm going to hang on to my dreams. Bono just told me to. I'm going to be hanging on. <laughs> hanging on <my laughs> yeah, that is, but I got a great Freddie Couple story. And, um, you know, there's other, other you know, great actors and, 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 and athletes. Um, served uh, Terry Bradshaw for breakfast one morning, wow. uh, which he's a childhood hero of mine and so forth. So, yeah, okay. there's, there's some good things. But Bono, I think, stands out yes. for sure. That, that, is, that was the one I was hoping you'd tell. Yeah. Follow is, your dreams, John. Yeah, follow your dreams. <laughs> hang on to your hang dreams, John. The other guy that used to come to the Ritz-Carlton all the time was, uh, Grateful Dead. Oh, Jerry oh, Garcia. Jerry Garcia. We used to take care of we used to take care of Jerry Garcia for months at a time. No, he would visit way. the Big Island of Hawaii. We actually kept a wardrobe for him and all this different paraphernalia. He liked candles and he liked incense. And his so, back camming game. Yeah, all of his games and stuff. And because he would come back, he would go uh, deep sea fishing. You know, for a month uh, in Hawaii, uh, we, he would rent out the presidential suite, and we would. Like, before he came, our room service guy knew exactly how to set everything up. Knew all the stuff that he liked and his clothes and stuff. So, yeah, we, we, we probably took care of him two or three years in a row in Hawaii. Uh, and for a super long time, nice super, super nice guy. Super Jerry Garcia yeah. was the man. He yeah. was. Jerry yeah. was the man. Wow. Yeah, He's like one of the best one. guitar players of all time, for all our listeners yeah. who don't know. Unbelievable. So, uh, well... Thank you for blowing our minds. With yeah. like Those are the famous people. Yeah. What was the other question? Uh, what What'd did you, learn? you learn today? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. You want to go first again? No. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> Not too much. I'll go. I'm yeah. going to start with um, 6.30 in the morning. My son Patrick picked me up, and I went for a swim. And it was the first time in three months that I've actually swam in the morning before my day got started. And what I learned is that's the way to do it. I am absolutely fired up um, with this because... It, you know, I always swim at night, and I and I and I I can have I can find an excuse every morning why not to get up and jump in a pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I knew Patrick was going to be waiting for me, and he was going to rely on me, and I promised I'd be there. So that was an easy way to commit. Um, and so follow the commitment. Swim in the morning to get your day started. Kickstarts your day. It, it really, it really get... kicks it started. Oh, it's unbelievable, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and then uh, I learned um, cornbread pancakes are phenomenal. We had them. Uh, we went to breakfast Lord. at the Neighborhood Cafe. They're I got so one good. cornbread can- pancake in addition to my uh, breakfast burrito, and that doesn't need a lot of syrup. A um, little bit of butter and a little bit of syrup, and uh, I learned that cornbread pancakes Dang. are a great way to start the meal. I can get after that. And um, I also learned that oh, good, I got to have more. I got to have more oatmeal. More oatmeal in my in my diet. I need more oatmeal, oatmeal in my diet the for, the, edge. for oh, the good, good carbs. I've got some bad carbs. Complex and, um, carbs. So. 
Exactly. And uh, so uh, eating oatmeal, watching my family eat oatmeal over the last couple of days, I learned I can easily get that <laughs> into, <laughs> my, into my diet. Yep. We do um, eat oatmeal. Yeah. Yep. Honey? Thank you for that. Nice. Jeez. Oh, All right. Maybe that Sunday mornings, I really don't learn much. I'm okay. pretty, I'm pretty just okay. going with it. Yeah. It's kind of... Long flow. I, yeah, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, now, no ask me again... This afternoon, I'll call you from the car and okay. let you know whatever. Give go. me a longer space of time. Okay, that's okay. We'll hold it to it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning right now that her brain's a little bit dead on Sunday mornings. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's she needs to with swim. Rock solid stories. Yeah. She, oh, yeah. This, 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 she, she, this has been a, lo- a lot longer than most of our interviews, but really, no, we maybe enjoyed like, every second. Yeah. Like t- ten times longer. <laughs> no, Sorry. three oh. times maybe. Yeah, three times. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna put a number to it. Yeah. So, so, well, if, we have, if, if you're doing that to me, so maybe we can have you guys on again. Because I would guests. All right, so that pretty much wraps up our time here, or your time here on the back pocket. Thank you so much for joining us and doing this interview. We've really enjoyed your time. Absolute blast. It has been an honor to be a part of this. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's great. Look forward to the next time.